Welcome back, everyone. We are live for another episode of Growing With My Fellow Growers. I'm your host, Jack Greenstock, joined, as always, by an awesome panel. I will pass it over first, as usual, to Spartan Grown. Welcome back, Spartan. Thanks, Jack. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm Spartan Grown. You can uh, find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown, all one word and no spaces. Or you can shoot me an email at spartangrown at gmail.com. I'm an organic farmer at home and a synthetic farmer at work, so I can do both. Always happy to have you back. I just clicked on over to the live chat and I'm seeing a handful of the regulars. Chris, we want to be crack with DWC and uh, Scroggy McScroggerton, Cheddar Bob, a few others, Smart Poker, Real Red Hairs, and Ancient Soul Grown in the chat. But I want to pass it over next to Kyle Breeder. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here still. I forget what you said, Jack. We're going on a two and almost three years strong. Is that what you're saying earlier? Yeah, it'll be three years in, I think, five episodes because a uh, year is 52 and then 52 times three is 156 and we're 150 today and we missed one week because technical difficulty so 155 will be exactly three years so feels good yeah yeah i'm glad we're still doing this i'm sure i wish we knew the exact number of people we help but i feel like it's, it's probably a good amount um yeah so i specialize in feminized seeds if that's something you're looking for i do have a website it's uh, purebreeding.com uh, the selection's a little shy because I've sold out of basically almost everything. There's still, I think, three varieties on there. Uh, I am in the process of doing a pretty large uh, seed drop. It's months away, but I'm in the process of it, so that's pretty cool if you guys are, uh, anyone's looking for that. But uh, yeah, purebreeding.com, pure breeding, pure underscore breeding on Instagram, pure breeding on Facebook. And I'm still trying to figure out how to get my Twitter back. But uh, other than that, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad everyone's uh, safe and doing all right. Love the um, unified social media names, you know, makes it easy to find you, pure breeding across all the platforms there and the website. But with that said, we've got another uh, person with the website, BokashiEarthworks.com. Welcome back, Brandon Russ. What's going on, everybody? Uh, good to be here. I won't be able to stay the whole time. I have to do a dinner thing tonight, but uh, glad to be here. Um, and yeah, I'm Brandon Russ. You can find me on Instagram at Russ.Brandon. You can also find Bokashi Earthworks at BokashiEarthworks.com. And there's a lot of different products on that website. There's carbon-based fertilizers, there's microbes, there's amendments, all kinds of good stuff. Happy to have you back. And last and certainly not least, I'm not sure if anybody else will join us. I know Dr. MJ mentioned that he might be able to get here a little bit late. And um, a few others on the panel had some comments as well, but I'm going to pass it over to somebody who's here with us, Matthew Gates. Welcome back. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Just... <laughs> That was adorable. It was. Um, uh, this is Matthew Gates. I'm an integrated pest management specialist, and uh, I'm actually preparing for a presentation right now uh, that I'm going to give on the Future Cannabis Project about rice root aphids. So, um, and also aphids in general. I'll go a little bit over their physiology and their capabilities and what you have to know to make them make yourself a, a better treatment for them preventively and curatively. So you should check that out. It'll be on Tuesday at 3 p.m. PST. And um, other than that, if you can find other content related to pests and plant health, you can find it on my Xenthanol YouTube channel, as well as on uh, Instagram, at SyncAngels, my personal Instagram, and at SyncAngel, S-Y-N-C-H-A-N-G-E-L on Twitter. Happy to have you back. And uh, I think I'm looking forward to the rice root aphid information. Always good to be better equipped to deal with your enemies. Um, I feel the same way about rice root aphids as Spartan feels about the MCMA, which is fuck both of them. So I'll uh, start the show off with that. And um, also say that hearing your 
what sounded like a kitten meow into the mic uh, was funny because I jokingly refer to my cats as my IPM specialists to my wife, integrated pest management specialist, because occasionally they will spot like a moth or something on the ceiling or some sort of bug. And if they don't kill it themselves, they'll at least identify it for me to take it out. And uh, it's good to have. So cats can be helpful for that. I mean, barn cats, I think, uh, made a living with that exact special skill. That is true. I'm medicating today with some shout out to Brandon. This is your limelights. If I can get this fucking thing to focus. Well, we don't have a topic, so I'm going to spotlight you, and I want you to tell us all about that. How's it smelling? You said you're medicating with it, so it seems like it's smokable. It looks smokable. That looks like a nice frosty little nugget right there. Yeah, and, man. Uh, let's hear some more. Uh, so the limelights for me, it, um, I only uh, had one female in there. I originally put two plants in the same planter so I could search through the phenos faster. And um, in fact, I just popped it in. I didn't have room for it. So I just put two in, in a planter and I popped it. One ended, ended up being a male. So I cut it. And then the second one was a female, which was this right here. And um, the structure was um, a good plant. It didn't uh, get super tall and, and it didn't stretch a super lot, which I love. Um, it had, it reminded me of GG4, some of the, uh, the way that the bud structure was uh, as far as um, I don't know, just the way that the buds formed, it reminded me a lot of GG4. And then the, um, but the smells coming off of it is like citrusy lime, but it's like, hmm, how do I, how do I explain it? Like, uh, like the rind or something. It's like um, not super pronounced lime, just like it's there and you can smell it. And it's the first thing that pops out among everything else. And then for me, it's a little bit of gas, not like it's hard for me to describe. It's not like a gas only. It's a weird, but it's a gassy like effect in my mouth, like the mouth feel. It's like uh, gaseous. Um, when I smoke it in a joint, it has that same kind of uh, limey gas flavor um, all the way through the joint. So I was excited about that. And um, I've been smoking it for about three days now. The highs like um it's a heady high but it's the um almost like couch lock for your eyes like it's real heavy on the eyes for me right but like pressure behind the eyes i feel a lot of that and uh just a, a nice uh stoned feeling but i don't really get a body effect to go with it so it's more heady more daytime for me That's a great description. I definitely can relate to some of those strains that bring that ocular pressure. And I believe that's actually why cannabis is so beneficial for people like red pill out there who've got glaucoma. And, um, he, he actually made me aware of like the fact that there's like an ocular pressure score, like the higher the number, like the worse it is. And he, uh, testified to the fact that when he would go and get tested without cannabis, his number would be like way too high, like 23 or something. And then he'd smoke cannabis and bring it back down to like a 12 or like even lower in some circumstances. So it can literally save uh, people's eyes. So it's one of the side effects of like cannabis that we enjoy at certain times, but it's also got an extremely um, beneficial medical therapeutic side effect. So I'm happy to hear that it brings that enjoyable effect for you, but also maybe has some uh, benefit for people out there that might have ocular pressure related to glaucoma or other. Um, I mean, that's a symptom of a, a few different eye related issues. So, but just the high in general sounds like a good one. It smells, it looks like it smells or sounds like it smells good. And it, it looks pretty nice too. That's a frosty dense bud. So I would definitely not be complaining with that one for sure. Yeah. I'm going to um, hunt the rest of the pack for sure. Cause there's, there's a keeper. I mean, I would have kept this one. 
but um, I didn't get a chance to clone it. Well, I tried to, I think it was, and didn't take or something. I took it too late. That's what it was. I took it like week four and flower and it started to reveg. I said, fuck that. I'll just search it, search more out of the pack. I like to do that sometimes when I'm just checking out a new strain, I'll pop some seeds, run it through once and see if I like it. And then you can pop some more seeds and hopefully find a better pheno. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but I think uh, if it's really good genetics and more often than not, you're going to find something as good, if not better later in the pack, if you pop more of them and uh, run it again, especially knowing what you're kind of looking for. So that's definitely cool stuff. I know a little bit before the show, Kyle was talking about uh, a vape pen and he held it up and he goes, this is not THC. You'll be uh, surprised to know what this is. And maybe you'll, you can talk a little bit about that, Kyle, because uh, I know that it's not a new thing, but it's it's something that a lot of people, I guess, uh, don't see the value in as much as maybe you're able to recently. So if you'd like to share a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, well, for anyone that's been following us kind of knows my backstory uh, and it- the pros and cons to it, but like, you know, somewhere in my mid twenties, uh, there was a blunt that this kid brought over and somebody, he had mentioned that whoever sold it to him, told him not to smoke the whole thing. We didn't, you know, when you're like 22 and you're drinking, you don't really, yeah, sure. So we smoked the whole blunt and I actually felt something in my nervous system, like, uh, turn or just go differently in, inside. And, uh, ever since then, uh, we anxiety or like uh, panic at times um so i was forced to uh cut down radically where basically like maybe like uh, a child-sized breath would get me like pretty lit and um so i I just and i kind of wasn't able to just smoke anymore you know i missed like smoking going fishing or smoking doing stuff and that's just so i went from extreme pot like smoker to not and uh so i've been trying to find what works for me fast forward till you know, today I've tried like CBD tinctures, which work pretty well. But uh, as of two days ago, somebody had let me try a pure CBD uh, isolate, no terps, no nothing, just pure CBD. And it's like radically helpful. Um, I feel high, but I don't have any type of, I don't feel high. It's nothing, it's, by no means is it like smoking a blunt or, or a bong rip, but uh, I get this almost euphoric effect as if I'm kind of, kind of high, which is extremely calming. And uh, it's just so, it's so relaxing, man. And uh, I just can't, I'm like obsessed with it now because I've been trying to find something that like where I could still find my way in and still kind of just feel calm and relaxed about things. And um, CBD, you know, well, it's funny though, because like growing up or especially when I was younger and even like later, not even that long ago, I just thought CBD was kind of like, not talk shit but i just thought it was like kind of like a fake thing i didn't know really what it was or i've tried like somebody gave me something of it and i didn't really feel anything so i just thought it was like stupid but now it's it's saved my life multiple times when i've had like panic attacks uh tinctures help me a lot so if anybody's suffering from anxiety or panic uh tinctures is a really good way to do it immediately well don't say immediately it's like five minutes but calms you down and relaxes you and if you do enough it actually puts you to sleep and uh even with the cbd pen um you know, not only is it really relaxing and it keeps your mind pretty clear and calm, but uh, if you wake up, like if you wake up way too early and you're still tired, but your mind's racing or like you can't fall back asleep, I just roll over. I hit this once and I go back to sleep within like three seconds. Um, so I just, I'm just all about this now. CBD is, uh, is such an extremely helpful tool. If anybody's maybe suffering from the same things or looking for some kind of alternative source. You know, some of the, um, I had this variety back in San Diego called uh, called Cosby, and it was like a one-to-one high THC. It was like 12% THC and like 15% CBD, and I ran that variety for 
a little while and I made a uh, hash out of that stuff. And on the numbers, it was something like, um, like 50% uh, CBD and 25% THC. And that specific uh, high, that combination with whatever terpenes that, that was, um, it made me feel like, uh, like if you take mushrooms and you don't get the psychedelic feeling, but you get that body fry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's just weird. It's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a euphoric feeling, man. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's kind of hard to say unless you kind of feel it, but yeah, that's a good way to kind of, well, for anyone who hasn't done mushrooms, yeah, it's just really, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wanted to kind of repeat something I said before the show, which is potentially that you might have inflammation within your body, whether it's in your brain or in your body that the CBD is really helping you with that maybe you didn't realize because that's one of the big, big major things that CBD helps with is just lowering inflammation in general. And uh, another thing that I shared with you that a lot of people have been kicking around the last couple of days, but it's um, CBD has actually been shown as well as I think it's CBDA and CBGA recently were just found to prevent people from being infected by coronavirus and that was like a fairly substantial study that they looked at and um the other thing that cbd does for covid is it helps um lower the amount of spread so it creates like a it inhibits its ability to recreate within the body so they're saying that just good old cbd prevents the amount of uh, virus replication within the body and the viral load in total is lower in people that are using cbd while they're infected with COVID if they do get infected. So cool. interesting stuff and, and good news for cannabis in general. So I'm uh, always happy to share that. And if anybody wants, I'll probably include those links below the show notes after I have them up on my phone to easily share to people. So uh, I definitely have looked through the science and do think that there's something to it. But how much, um, how much CBD are you getting in which you're what you're uh, using there like uh how much are you smoking in the um like per yeah no, that's a good that's, that's an amazing question um i have the, i have the cart box that it came in but it's kind of far from where i'm at right now i'll tell you like this if gram. it's an isolate if it's 99 percent roughly and it's one gram it's like 1000 milligrams per cart yeah i mean my curiosity is like so like obviously like we're trying to do like this health thing is like well Pure isolate is obviously, uh, I assume some kind of, uh, well, it comes in powder from what I've seen, but like, what are, what are you cutting it with to make it smokable in a vape pen? And is that part healthy? You know what I mean? Oh, that's a you good point. You can just melt it. thinking about that as much. You can, I think it's just, it's heatable. It's like THC. If you could well, get I'm it to pure enough. Is it literally isolate in liquid form? You know, that's what I'm, I, I don't know. To my understanding, I just that's, asked that's because, I just asked because, um, I've heard from a lot of people that say that like, um, to get some of the effects or a lot of the effects like you know people will go and get like a cbd gummy or something and the cannabidiol is like 10 milligrams or something but like for a lot of people they need to have like many many more milligrams per kilogram to get the effects that they want um of course it's different depending on how you how you um administer it right but um that's why i asked because um i was just curious to like marry in kyle's the, case the i would say and, I don't think it matters because he's getting the desired effect regardless of how many milligrams he's consuming. Of course Whether it matters because other people could extrapolate from that. 
but I'm just saying like for his actual personal use case, in a general sense, it matters like scientifically if we wanted to be able to share that information, but like for him, it's provided relief. And um, that, that's what I'm saying. That's the main thing that matters to the patient. It's like, you've got symptoms, you need them treated. This helped alleviate the symptoms. So um, I didn't mean to discount the fact that it, it does matter the exact dose. And yeah, you guys both have a point. I mean, I am kind of curious if like, how many, like, grams of, how many grams of isolate is it taking me to feel, uh, you know, where I feel comfortable that I would like to know that. And I could maybe gauge things off of that too and do other things and make my own gummies and shit or whatever. But um, I'll do some of the math, at least like for my um, cart. Can, and I've got these little steezy odds. It's a California or whatever. And they come in one. Gram. And then you look at the percentage connection is unstable. Hopefully, but if you look at image, um, 85% THC, and it tells you that's milligrams per gram. And I use one of these a week and three and a half, like exactly a week per gram. So I just run, I think it calculated to, I use rough and something milligrams per day of THC for my distillate. So you use and four and things like top of it but um as far as like my wife picking up more of these things for me it's nice to know like oh you use one a week or one every half week if it's a half gram so um, you can give yourself an idea just by doing that kind of like back of the napkin math i guess yeah absolutely and like um dosing is going to be different for different people too i would imagine Although speaking of CBD products, um, I'm sure we've, I think we've sort of made jokes about this before, but, um, you know, people will put CBD in everything. It seems like even things like bed sheets infused with CBD. What do we think about that? I've got a CBD pillowcase right behind me. My (laughs) mother-in-law gave to me. That's right. You mentioned it. But, uh, it, I don't think it actually provides, uh, like the effect is probably gone after a single wash or use for a week or so. Um, there is benefits of using CBD topically. I think that, um, I don't think that it's going to be, I bet you, you can lab testing and see how many wash still has no CBD at all left in it. The interesting thing though, looking at the um, study that I'm about the COVID um, issue, I don't actually see it on milligrams of CBD. I just, they're looking for a presence in the blood. Um, but I need to read deeper into this. Um, they're talking about like one-to-one CBD, THC, and a few different things that they examined, but it's pretty long. This is like an NIH.gov paper. Um, I said I'll share that and hopefully be able to edit a little bit more this week to give people more information on that. But I agree with what you said earlier, Matthew, which is most people are not ingesting enough CBD to get the desired that they've maybe heard reported on with kids with autism many of them take cbd and many of them are taking maybe too low of a dose and they're not getting like enough in that individual capsule like you said maybe 10 milligram and they need 500 milligram a day they're only taking one or two a day where i think it's important to get a potent doses per their weight to try and achieve their effect uh, i wonder and it seems like that's finding a- oh sorry go ahead I was just going to say, yeah, um, I think that's typically with like consuming it. The reason why I asked was because, um, you know, I think, uh, of course, 
for understandable and obvious reasons, we associate smoking with like adult activities and things like that. But, um, you know, I just wonder if like under the right conditions, like an inhaler or something like this, um, I'm speaking off the cuff that I'm sure that there are more articulated ways of putting this out, but you know, like maybe part of the problem is that we focus on certain kinds of, of, of consumption. And, uh, in some cases, I think it's people just not understanding the sort of pharmacology of CBD, but in the other way, it's, it's like, um, you know, maybe they're just better routes as well for certain kinds of, um, needs. So that's why I wanted to say, cause I want to emphasize that, uh, you know, one, one way over another way, uh, might just be a smarter move logistically. Looks like Jack is completely frozen, at least on my screen. <laughs> and I, I've been having him. I've been having a hard time even understanding him. He's been going in and out for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I have it for me too. Either. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. We can, uh, we can still chop it up. Hey, I got dropped there for a second. Uh, can you guys hear me? I'm back. Yeah. Yes, very well. All right, that was a little spooky. Everything. You guys started chopping for a second. And I was like, I bet you it's my connection because I saw Spartan chop like to the left and he froze for a second. Kyle chopped to the right. He froze for a second. And I was like, oh, shit, this is probably me. And then everything on my screen just crashed. But it automatically booted me back into the meeting again. So I guess uh, that's a good thing. Sorry for the interruption. But we were talking a little bit about CBD. And I don't know. I, I didn't hear the last comment. Uh, oh, I just basically said that uh, I wanted to emphasize that some ways of consuming it is better than others for certain ways. And um certainly wasn't trying to discount anyone's experience. In fact, I just wanted the- to re- reply to that. I think that you're totally right in that ingestion versus inhalation, especially on the THC side, it's so apparent. Anybody oh, who yeah. smoked THC their whole life and then eats an edible and gets an entirely different effect than they've ever had from smoking it knows that ingestion versus inhalation are going to lead to two different uh, effects. And I think Absolutely. with CBD, both the duration and the actual effect are going to be different. Like Kyle's talking about inhalation of it. The onset, that's a huge thing, right? Because if we're talking about onset and we're coming from like a, you know, pharmaceutical standpoint, a lot of times medications, they look at, you know, how long does this uh, take to activate and smoking is, you know, is pretty, pretty much instant as opposed to something Mm -hmm. that if you dose wrong could be anywhere from, you know, 15 minutes to like, you might feel the next morning when you wake up you know, like you're totally right. And that's what Matthew was talking about the inhalation method and like an inhaler. There's actually a brand in California called dosist D O S I S T. And it has like 50 pre-measured hits in a vape cart. So like it has, let's say a hundred milligrams. Each of those 50 hits is going to be five milligrams. And like they have one that's like marketed for sleep one that's kind of marketed in my opinion, more towards like older ladies and things like that. But, um, like Jane Fonda, I think was advertising it for a little while, but, um, at that low of a dose, somebody like most of us isn't going to be able to get enough of a medical effect off of it. But for somebody who's a lighter user, they don't want to use too much. So it actually is smart to like scale them down where like with this, I can pull on this cart and make myself cough my lungs out. If I pull on it all the way until I get like the blinking light, or I could suck on it for three seconds and get just a tiny little bit of vapor. So it really, um, it's a different experience than having a pre-measured something. Um, so I do think that there's going to be 
people in the medical field going for those pre-measured inhalations because like Brandon just mentioned, it's a more instant effect and having it exactly dosed would be nice for people that want that kind of like how you can get with an edible or a drink or whatever it is now. Yeah. I mean, they've pretty much figured out people have all pretty much figured out all of the different types of ways that you could introduce THC and CBD and other cannabinoids into the bloodstream pretty effectively. I mean, I have, you, you've seen like topical patches that you just slap on just like uh, slow release things like uh man i I see it every every like every different possible now it's micronized though that's the whole new thing it's gonna hit you quicker we got this micro infused (laughs) that that and i don't know if it does or doesn't that's the fastest way right oh i'm with you on that i'm a bong hit aficionado but the uh most a lot of people out there don't even smoke cannabis at all in like the new markets they're coming in. They just want to eat it. They just want to, you know, roll it on or whatever. So that's actually where I was going with it. It's because, and I don't know, I don't think you got this when you were um, fusing with the matrix, but uh, mostly I want to emphasize it because smoking has kind of like for, uh, for good reasons, sort of an adult connotation, but like at the same time, (laughs) it could also be the exactly perfect thing to do, but because perhaps because for, for again, good reason, we sort of associated with that. Uh, it might keep us from using the right thing for the right situation because of a sort of a conceptual or emotional attachment bias rather than yeah something more logical, you know? It makes uh, sense too. Like someone might associate, you know, smoking being unhealthy and that not me being their preferred method to consume something, you know? I have to correct myself. Uh, Ancient Soul Grown, my editor of uh, 50 Strands of Green, just reminded me uh, it's not micro-infused, it's nano-infused is the proper terminology. So I don't want to uh, have to go and correct myself. But yeah, More micro than micro. Yes, nano. They have that both in CBD. More scale and even smaller. It's going to be micron-infused soon, down to the micron size, single micron. They make a suppository. I know somebody that makes suppository CBD tablets too, if anybody's interested. <laughs> you know, I've heard actually a lot of people, and I've never used a suppository for anything, but I'm not going to judge anybody who does, but they, a lot of people report they have great effects with a suppository. And I think yeah. Scotty Real mentioned with a THC suppository, he had like an interesting effect. Maybe it was him or somebody else, but he said the high was like from the neck down, like they could only feel it in their body. Like it was like really intense, like all in the body, but nothing in the head. So just an interesting side note on the suppository front yeah everything there you go you got all the flavors of the rainbow (laughs) all the ingestion methods i had a thc infused popcorn that's uh, one of my new favorites there they infuse the butter in the bag and you pop it throw a little salt in there it actually tastes just like regular old popcorn i thought there would be like a little bit of a weed flavor but they must do like spartan and get that chlorophyll flavor out there but uh it's damn good yeah get that movie theater you know they just put tiny moan in yeah it's only like 50 milligrams bag but i will say i've been eating like a gram and a half to two grams of rso like each night before bed so uh it's just like a little extra i'm like oh if i can have popcorn it might as well be infused right <laughs> yeah there you go that's a hefty dose what do you think i'll, are take, the point I'll take usually or- like i'll take usually like two or three rice grain size of 
like solventless RSO, but it's RSO. And that that's it. I don't man, I couldn't I don't think I'd be able to function if taking that much. I took a I take a half gram and that's well, I usually take a little bit more now, but half gram is around when I had it tested, it was a it was uh like three hundred and some change THC at a half gram. So I can't even imagine a gram. I've taken a gram before. The interesting thing between for me between a half gram dose and a gram dose was the high was just as strong. It wasn't twice as strong. It was just as strong. It just lasted longer. That's my experience. And it's helping me sleep all the way through the night. Uh, I used to do like a half gram three times a day, sometimes to a one and a half grams a day. And the other night, like I took 1.75 grams and I still couldn't sleep. So I took two grams last night and it just, um, I'd rather do it all at night than take it throughout the day. And I'd rather consume, like we were talking orally ingesting, like uh, smoking. So throughout the day, vaping and uh, things like that. But even just like vaping versus smoking, like even the same strain, for example, I was token out of my bong. I had my um, freshly harvested Donnie burger and I was noticing, you know, it was getting me medicated, but I was kind of starting to feel a little bit strain tolerant to it after like a couple of days. And then all I did was change from vaporizing it out of a bong to smoking it out of the bong and the actual smoking it effect was so much different than the vaporizing effect and i felt like i got way higher because all that other stuff that's left in there that i'd normally you know take that already been vaped and turn it into rso and get medicated off it again i'm getting all of that in the smoke so it definitely is a different effect and so even though smoking it might seem like an adult thing um if that's the effect that's needed for an individual then i almost would have to say like Although there are warnings out there that smoke is not as good for your lungs as vapor, that effect is going to be the effect that's going to help an individual in some cases. So um, it also might be the opposite. Maybe the vaporization is going to help some people and smoking will be not as beneficial, but it all just comes down to individual use case. A lot of people are fans of Donnie Burger. I see in the chat. I know Spartan uh, just had a mitten can of co uh, posted like a little thing of you and you're like, I don't even know if you're dancing or not, but they put some filter on it and you were like waving around and I don't know. It's like how you feel when you smoke Donnie Burger, and I was like, "Yep." Yeah, I had to wear in that video. You'll see I'm wearing a mask. It's because I couldn't. As soon as I opened the door to that room before the harvest, I was like, "Yep, I'm putting the mask on," because it's just my sinuses go insane when it when they're assaulted by that by that room. That G, like anything GMO or GMO lineage tends to fuck with me pretty hard. And that Donnie is like, wow, it's intense when you have 150 in a room. I think my pheno leaned a little bit more towards the OG than the GMO. It's like kind of a little bit more citrusy. My buddy's pheno, I will admit, because I'm not a fucking liar. Uh, my buddy locally has a way better pheno of Donnie Burger than I do. Like I, I'm glad that I didn't keep the cut because his shit's on mine. Uh, mine is more like lemon uh, with like a gassy. And then there's that very, very, very subtle, like much more subtle than his garlic funk note. Um, the thing that I like about the Donnie burger is that garlic funky, just like crazy, like it, it's potent and just raunchy. Like, uh, I love that about it. And mine was just a little bit more like, kind of like an OG. If you slapped a little bit of garlic in there, but, um, a lot more lemony. So definitely have more seeds to look through and I, I will look through more of them later, but love the Donnie burger. If uh, the major general 420 army is in the chat, he always says, Jack, give me that Donnie burger. He's over in Canada and I guess he's tried to get seeds of it and it's Canada's tough to get seeds to. And apparently that one gets nabbed just like a lot of other 
people's seeds do, unfortunately. The one that we the one that we've got, it's like pure funk. I don't get any of the other citrus or none of that bullshit. It's straight offensive. I want that's what I was looking for. And I was like, damn it. Like <laughs> this came out a little bit more uh sweet than I was ever hoping. I this, this is the first Donnie Burger Fino I've seen that isn't offensive. So I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like this is exactly what I'm looking for out of it. And everybody knows every other Donnie Burger Fino. So from like this is just not representative of a sample. I got the uh, redheaded stepchild of the bunch. It might be the unicorn, man. It could be, but with so much citrus and gas around here, it's just like it doesn't it won't stand out at all. Like Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, lemon things out there that it's just uh, not too too unique. You know, I, I want to find something that's a little bit more. That Dunny Burger is funky and atrociously offensive to some people, and I just think that's funny. And the potency level of some of the other phenos I've seen is also probably, like, if mine's a 8 out of 10, I've seen other ones that are, like, 10 and a half, 11 out of 10. <laughs> you know, like, they they get you so stony, you don't know what to do it's, with yourself. It's some of the most potent stuff I've smoked. It's me up pretty hard. Yeah, I definitely am a fan for sure. It's a bred by Skunk House Genetics. If anybody doesn't know, they've got a lot of other stuff: triple burger, double burger, a bunch of burger related, and they're mostly GMO uh, back crosses to the Larry OG F8 male they've worked with for a while. So yeah. the Larry OG is pretty good too. It's one of my favorite OGs. It's a solid OG. It's been running on the West Coast for years and years, still kicking around in some places. So. Brandon, what are you soaking on over there tonight? Are you able to indulge with us as uh, we have the show? Oh, I, was, I just was smoking on some lemon light also. I was smoking on the same thing Spartan is. Yeah, my, face is my face is tingling right now because of it. All like right here around my eyes. I want to shout out to chat here. Brett Wendell he says, I take two to two to three and a half gram doses of FICO a day for cancer. I never feel high, but my tumors are shrinking. I love hearing that shit. I love hearing that. You definitely get used to um, taking those heavier doses. The first couple of times you take it, it'll absolutely debilitate you. <laughs> and then after that, you're like, Oh, I just feel great. <laughs> like, I just I don't feel any pain <laughs> or like my 10 pain is down to like a four. I'm not going to pretend it's like a miracle. It's going to erase all your pain, but definitely makes me feel a lot better. And, and the pain that I have is a lot more manageable and I sleep way better with it for sure. So I think, well, I can speak for myself, at least the big reason I always started patients off really low and slow on RSO <laughs> is because it can enhance other medications. So that's one thing that's not talked about enough. I don't think there is one danger there. You know, a lot of times cannabis oil is held up like this cure-all, but yeah, it helps with a lot of things, but it also makes some medications work really well. Like for example, blood thinners, that's the one that um, for sure, I saw that directly when my uncle first came on RSO, he was already taking blood thinners for his heart and they had to keep on it and keep tirating his blood thinner down as I was going up with the RSO because um, it, it works as a blood thinner as well. Um, that's just one of many things. So. CBD has the similar effect. Matthew has talked in the past about warfarin, which is a blood thinner that Noah the Groa is on because he's had heart, I think, surgeries in the past um, that 
is directly impacted by the CBD. So it's something he has to be like, be very honest with his doctor if he's taking CBD about, because it will impact his dosage and uh, amount of warfarin that he'd have to take. So that is a very real conversation that I think people need to be aware of. And I'm glad that California is actually super open. Any doctor I've gone to, whether it's for me or the kids on the autism spectrum that I work with about cannabis use, they want to know what you're taking, how much of it you're taking, and even sometimes where you're getting it from. So they can, some of these doctors will try and go through the source of like, Hey, you're getting this shitty gas station CBD. You should be getting it from a safer source or something, you know? So I'm happy to see that people are, and especially doctors are becoming more open to it and wanting to help people get the best quality medication that they can. You know, I've tried that gas. Station. I've, I went to a, I ran out. Of, uh, so I have a friend that gets uh, isolated by like a lot of weight and she takes organic grapeseed oil and uses the CBD and makes just, just a really clean product. And it's a person just it's a friend. Um, and one time I ran out, I had went to a vape shop to get like some CBD there, which first of all was extremely expensive compared to what I was getting for. And then I, I tried, you know, put them in real quick and I got like extremely horrible adverse effects. I don't know if it's just because what, you know, what they allow in stores or what guidelines they can achieve just to get it into the store. I'm not sure what it was, but I had, I, I don't suggest, uh, I guess it depends on where you go. You know, maybe some places have good stuff, but I had a bad experience with buying it off the uh, from a place. Have you tried just, um, smoking cbd flower have you gotten the same positive benefit from that or no well so I'll, i i want to say i'm afraid so i do have a blunt that has cbd flower but it also has like uh also obviously terps and stuff but i just haven't i haven't tried it yet i do want to try it um i haven't tried it yet but i, I want to I mean, who knows maybe that might i am curious how that feels be honest i was just thinking maybe it's something you could grow yourself you know you could get a plant that you like the terps on and everything grow your own cbd and be your own source that's That's definitely way to do it how are they breaking it down and isolate what's that process you can do that solvently solventlessly i could teach you how to do it through doing distillation but yeah you could do it with just a tincture you could make a tincture with just alcohol and soak your buds in alcohol like you would any you know like you would a tc Skilbo was, was telling me, this is way back when he was on our show. He was showing me a, a recipe. I guess he has a pretty good recipe that he uses. Um, He's got an awesome recipe. Yeah, yeah his rollerball stuff roll is balls. amazing. It is fucking amazing. It's not just cannabis. He's using the medicine of lots of medical uh, plants there. And I love that stuff. He's honestly, yes, Skilbo, like if we ever go federal, like that shit needs to be like in every store shelf because I, I love it. I hope our other people will start creating their own similar Remedies. I think most of the cannabis that we saw in like the thirties that was pharmaceutically sold was similar to like skill style tinctures. It's like cannabis oil with other things in there. So is he doing his own thing or is it just for him and his family? He does now. He just does his own thing. Yeah. But the thing that I was going to say earlier about how you can solventlessly produce your own or CBD distillate is the same way that you do a solventless uh, THC, which they make rosin out of uh, CBD flour. And then they press that rosin in a bag until all the terpenes basically run out. So they do it at like hundred degrees, 110, 120, 130, 140. And they just keep pressing that same bag. They never change the bag. So you press it over and over. And once it gets like 200 or 215, all the terpenes are pressed completely out. And what you're left with is almost like a chalky or like a, it looks just like a white. If there's anthocyanin in there, it'll be purple or whatever. But um, most of the time, it ends up looking like a white brick that you bust up into a powder. And that's what the 
CBD distillate and uh, isolate powders. Typically, that might not be the process they use to get there, but it is a process that you can use with no chemicals or solvents at all. It just takes some time and uh, effort, but are you, still smoking, are you still smoking biomass in that scenario? Probably, right? No, you can squeeze a hundred. You could literally do this until it is 99.99%. People have gotten their stuff tested, like the THC Probably. distillate or uh, isolate or whatever they want to call it. Huh. You just smoke it like Keith. Yeah, they yeah. use it as like a bolt. Actually, I've seen it dabbed. Um, that's where I see it most. I've dabbed, I've dabbed it. Yeah, it, it, works right to, it, it works to drop your fucking high down if you have a high THC high. That fucking, it'll drop that down pretty quick. I think sequence carries it to events for that exact reason. If people get too high, he's like, Hey, I've got the hundred percent CBD distillate or isolate. Dave Skilbo did. I tried it. I tried it right after he did. Yeah. It was pretty fucking cool. I came, went home and made some CBD RSO right after that. And I have that just in case I get too high on anything. I could that was my experience. The CBD RSO. I got a free gram of it for my old job. We used to sell THC and CBD RSO. And I was never a big CBD fan because whenever I tried the flower, I'd be like smoking THC flower and like be feeling real good. And I'd, my boss, he is, bless his soul. He got more people on CBD than anybody else I know. Uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of people. And he'd push it on everybody. He'd give it away for free to many people. But this was like before CBD was hot or whatever. Um, but every time I'd be ch chilling, smoking, I'd be like, oh, let me try that ACDC sample. Let me try that, you know, whatever it was. And I'd smoke it and it would just bring my high so down. And I'm like, this is just the exact fucking opposite of what I wanted. And it's like, back then I was like a patient customer, whatever, wasn't growing. So it's like, I'm spending my good money on this THC bud just to fucking smoke a little bit of like this. It looked great too. It was like black, this ACDC it looked so dank and it smelled good. And I smoke it and just boom, like straight off the cliff, back down to reality. Like, it's such a powerful tool for a caregiver though, to, to give to a patient. That are that some, especially an older person who's afraid to try THC. You can be like, "Look, here's your here's your parachute. Here's your safety net. If you get too high, you can just put some of this in there, and you're good." Who's making? A, who's got? Who's got some good organic RSO uh, CBD? I'm kind of curious on what that's like. So what I do is I just went to shout out to Skillbo again. He recommended me a company called Happy Buds. It's buds spelled with a Z at the end, and they they sell hemp. It's all tested, terpene tested, cannabinoid tested. So you can search for, like he likes to search to, to use in his tinctures and stuff. He likes to search for, obviously they all have CBD, but he likes to search for like CBN or he'll search for a certain BG. terpene. CBG, yeah, that's a big one right now. Um, and he'll search for those and uh, so that he can include it. And then you can buy buds, you can buy trim, you can buy... Uh, whole you know anywhere from you know i think the smallest is maybe like a half ounce or something i'm not sure but you can go all the way up to pounds uh, right online and it's ridiculously inexpensive like I, I can't grow it for what they're doing it for and it's tested and it's got the test report for me well and pesticide yeah. and heavy metal tested too it's not just the terpenes and cannabinoids you're also getting assurance that they're not spraying shit on it and things like that so yeah i don't know if it was organically grown or synthetically grown or whatever but i mean it's probably outdoor grown just to be that cheap. But um, that's what I would, I just bought some of that. I just bought an ounce of something. I can't remember. Actually, I bought, we bought two ounces and split them. So we, so I got a half ounce of each and I made that into RSO of this, uh, this high CBD. And it had, I think CBG was the other terp or other cannabinoid that was in there. Um, RSO. And I just have a little vial of that now. And then, I mean, it's lasted me forever because I've only had to use it once and twice here and there. But yeah, because all you need is like a like a half a rice grain, right? 
or something like that? CBG, CBD is something that I haven't looked into it 100% a lot, but I tend to look at things from the medicinal side of things. And from what I see, the levels of CB, CBD that um, ingested wise is, is always high, high levels over like hundreds and like 200, 300, 400, 500. I've seen a thousand milligrams of CBD recommended. So it really does boggle my mind when I see these fucking things in the store that are five milligrams of CBD and 10 milligrams of CBD. I'm just like, show me the science because I'm seeing science where they're talking fucking 500 milligram doses and shit. And it's tough too, especially if you're going into like the CBD shop, like Kyle was talking about earlier, you're spending like, I don't know, 50 bucks for, I don't know, like a 50 milligram little tiny thing or whatever, but you can go online there's some great spots like the happy buds that he just talked about and, and others where you can get good tested CBD for way, way, way lower costs. Um, so I just want to put that out there. Hey, shout out to Marcus green thumb. He just said that, uh, thanks for the recommendation. I got the CBD isolate from happy Buds. So apparently they got isolate right on their webpage too. save yourself some trouble on the process. There's, um, got him blanking on his name, but he gave away a bunch of, uh, hemp seeds a while ago. And, um, God damn, I wish I'd, could fucking remember his name right now, but future 4,200 is another one um, where he was selling like CBD infused coconut oil. And I think for like a hundred bucks, you'd get, I want to say it was like a 10,000 milligram, like a crazy high dose. Um, so he, he's just trying to drive the actual cost down because a lot of people are selling it at astronomical prices when really, if you just go through a legitimate source, you can make it yourself or, um, even hopefully their isolate or distillate is fairly priced, but I definitely don't think people should get their, you know, self robbed trying to medicate because literally like you'd go broke trying to get a therapeutic dose based on what Spartan was just saying. Like if you wanted to get a 500 milligram dose out of a five milligram gummy and they're charging like 10 bucks for that gummy, your one day dose is going to cost you like thousands of dollars. So it's like, just, you have to really explore other options, whether it's growing your own sourcing it from a bulk place or, um, you know, there, there's got to be another option, <laughs> especially with uh, legality of CBD. Hemp has been grown in every one of the 50 states now, and it has been for a few years since the farm bill. So there's a pretty large excess of hemp. So if you're paying too much for CBD, definitely reconsider because I, I know there's just mass excess of CBD around. So it shouldn't, with the whole supply demand thing, right? If there's a huge supply of it, you shouldn't be paying uh, like there's a tiny supply. And this is something yeah, I just, about. I would just say if you can find a source that you have like at least some, an independent test on or something to give you peace of mind, because there's a lot of CBD that was rushing into the market from China and just overseas that doesn't have a standard. So who knows what exactly wow. is it? And that tends to be the stuff at the gas stations though. <laughs> but you know, if you have a test result, I, <laughs> even though I'm, I'm iffy on what I think about testing right now from the experiences I've had, but I still would feel better to have a test result than not. So I would look for at least that. Matthew, do you have any uh, thoughts or updates on IPM? I know we haven't gotten to pass the ball over to you a little bit today. So I know we've got a short-ish panel and uh, I'd love to bring you in a little on this conversation. I got a question for Matt that I might, that may. Uh, be cool for him to answer and maybe use some time. Um, 
Matt, and I've asked you personally, but if you could explain it in words so I could hear it too, uh, what, how you would go about, let's say you, let's say you own a 5,000 square foot facility and you want to implement an IPM regimen, how would you go about treating those plants from, uh, you know, clone form all the way into right before you flip the cycle on the flower? Or what do you think is a good standard protocol? Like in the vacuum? Um, so... I think that uh, it might be easier to sort of describe it like the different kind, like it kind of depends on your process too, a little bit. That's what, I mean, that's why when I do what I do, it's so bespoke um, because I recognize that uh, it's hard to account for all the different ways that people like to do things in certain ways. So kind of trying to be agnostic of all that, just thinking of it kind of in stages, um, you want to have something that basically biosecurity is all about controlling um your inputs and outputs like other things that we do in cultivation so it's sort of the same concept it's just that like for example like so so like a five thousand square foot facility right so like we're assuming a closed uh, enclosed space right that's pretty good yeah yeah so i mean th that because that's important because that's a big thing if you actually have a facility that is um that's set up and is uh housing your plants and, and there's not like a bunch of holes or like ingress points. And that's actually a really great boon, but not everyone can say that. Like, sure, they have the shelter, but they don't necessarily have um, the, the security still because there, there's actually some, um, you know, sort of margins for error for that kind of a thing. Um, but uh, one thing that I would always recommend people do uh, is like look at the area around your facility too, because you're obviously going to be on some sort of property and presumably there's going to be some sort of vegetation around your space. And uh, I like to harp on it a lot because in my experience, like, for example, I'm doing a presentation on rice root aphids and um, many times people have contacted me for rice root aphid remediation and they're actually doing everything fine. And they'll always tell me something to the effect of, uh, not always, but in, in these particular cases, it's very common that they'll say, um, yeah, we got rid of everything and then they came back really quickly. Now it could be because they didn't actually get everything, right? They just assume or they, they can observe what, only what they can observe, right? Uh, but they didn't actually get rid of it. But a lot of times it's because I find that right outside their area, there's a rice relief is growing on some grasses or something. So I, I'm always, uh, you know, it, it's just a thing that people should be very vigilant about. So so having a good look at your outside area as well is, is sort of paramount in my opinion. And then kind of keeping that vigilance, if you're bringing in clones or things like that, um, designating a space, like say so again, part of the, part of this, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the scenario, um, like, do I have space for a quarantine room? That's something to consider because I think that's incredibly important. Uh, when you consider the amount of money that you're spending on plants in general and uh, all the other processes of cultivation, which are getting more and more expensive, which makes investing your resources, whether they're people who help you grow or whether it's, um, you know, just literal like, uh, uh, you know, machinery or equipment or uh, logistics, whatever that is, all those things entailed, um, having something somewhere to put incoming plants that you plan to either turn into mothers or that you plan to uh, grow out or whatever, because that's just such a massive way that people get pests. And if you can't 
allot that or you don't have the space for, or, or labor to do that, I totally understand. It's difficult uh, and you only have so much space. Uh, but more and more, I feel like it's becoming it's becoming the case that people can't go around. Um, I mean, they can certainly. I know a lot of people who do this. Uh, but then they also call me for help because they uh, run into a problem where they're just gunning it, um, you know, sort of hip firing and uh, they run into a pest problem and they just can't, they can't crush it for whatever reason. Um, and a lot of these pests that we really get are, are very pernicious and difficult. They wouldn't be uh, su- super big pests if they weren't like russet mites or rice root aphids. Now there are, there are easy ways to get rid of them, but a lot of times people don't do the other thing that I think is really important. So checking your outside space, having a quarantine space, and then also crop scouting. Um, I don't want to bogart the conversation, uh, but uh, basically I think those are three really big things in the facility people should be doing. And that's part of that. The crop scouting is also true for outside, but also inside as well, regularly looking at your plants, also your quarantine space and treating your quarantine space too. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I suppose that's, pretty good. But if you have something more specific, I'm happy to go into detail. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's honestly a brilliant answer. And I think that goes with almost all growing, right, you guys? I mean, if, if you're, whether you're going from- I would say so. To, yeah, from inside and just, uh, yeah, all those are really good points on, on all things. Do, do you recommend a product to spray and veg or do you, because uh, I know Spartan uses something too. Do you, are you guys all using sulfur and water in veg or are you guys using some kind of a bio- uh, just a different product. Veg, I'll switch. I do, uh, I got two. I use either Pure Crop One or I'll use uh, Lost Coast Plant Therapy. I'll alternate between those two. I just oh, do really? once, a, one, once a week, I'll spray. So one week I'll spray Lost Coast. The next week I'll spray. So like every, every, every Monday you're switching it up basically? Yeah. Yep. Every week it's just a different, different one. Okay. I do the sulfur only on... Uh, when I make a cut. So when I take a cut, I do a dunk and then I do another dunk when it comes out of when it's rooted, it's got rooted and it's getting ready to be transplanted into a one gal. Then I'll dunk it again before I put it in that one gal. But after that, I I was wondering if that's a good idea. So yeah. So like right before, right. So while you're taking cuts, you're, you're, you're cleaning them completely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hitting them before they go in the clone dome and right when they come out. So they should be, should be good (laughs) in my eyes. I like that. I like that a lot. I'd, um, not to change it off the IPM topic, but I was just curious because this is the cheap home grow. And although not everybody can grow as much as we'd like them to, some people are going to buy things like CBD, like we were talking about earlier. And I looked into the Happy Buds uh, CBD isolate, and then I found the cost um, per ounce. It is $119.95, which isn't terrible. Uh, 3.5 grams for 20 bucks. I found another group though. It's called the tetraguy.com. The tetraguy, I'll just give a personal story and then share their price. He gave uh, thousands of cherry wine F3 seeds away for free. Anybody who said, Hey, I want hemp seeds or CBD seeds that are guaranteed to be below a certain uh, THC percentage and have a good amount of you know, hemp varieties and the smell or whatever. So he gave them away. I actually ended up gifting them to somebody else who wanted to grow CBD, but um, he's a good guy. And I've seen many, many people get his uh, products when they order them. So I do believe that he's very legitimate. The tetraguy.com CBD isolate one ounce is $84 and he has for 15 bucks a gram if you want to buy it per gram. So I think that's pretty damn good price. Um, and I will vouch at, and if you get scammed or whatever, fuck 
I'll reimburse you or buy whatever the hell he sends to you <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I, I do believe in this guy though. And um, I do believe that it's important that people have access to good, clean medicine at a fair price. And um, so I just wanted to put him out there. I don't know if he does offer lab testing though. So if you want to pay a little bit more and have the peace of mind of the lab testing, then you can go through the happy buds. So I just wanted to throw those price points out there and uh, mention them because I know Kyle uh, might benefit and maybe others as well who are finding CBD isolate to be beneficial for their medical needs. I mean, cherry wine sounds delicious to me. So that, I wonder if that's, I wonder if he has that on his website as some of it. He still has a bunch of um, stuff, not to make this like an ad for him or whatever, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, both, both him and the happy buds. So when I went to look up a happy buds, I went to happybuds.com and it said, buy it on GoDaddy. So you have to do happybudshemp.com. Um, but I think Spartan probably may have said that. I just didn't type out the whole thing. Um, but yeah, he does carry seeds under his shop. I should probably be sharing the screen so you guys could all see this, but you know what? I'll do that. I'll be a good host and I'll actually make it possible for you guys to share screen because I forgot to do that earlier, but share screen. Boom. So this is his shop. You can see there's like a lot of stuff, um, isolates for CBG, CBD and other things like that, but seeds down here, cherry wine F3. He's now selling them for 225 for a 500 pack. Um, I'll do that. I'll do it all day. Or what is this? 1350 for five seeds. 10 seeds is 36 bucks. So it seems like you get a better price if you go for larger amounts, obviously, but that's like uh, most things. But yeah, he used to give them away for free. I think probably to build up his name and things like that. But I did verify <laughs> I got a pack. I entered and he sent them to me. So cheers to him and you know the mission. Every single time I've seen him doing like a live stream, he seems like a dude with a really big heart who actually cares about the people and um, seems to put out a good product. I haven't heard anybody else really complaining with this stuff. So I feel I okay advocating for him. I took the happy buds and they have all that same kind of stuff. They have like actual dab. You can dab, dabable fucking concentrates. Mel made out of CBD. They had CBN powder. I was fucking blown away at the CBG. price. I was, they got everything. CBG isolate powder, powder, CBD isolate powder. The no, CBG isolate powder is only from 10 bucks too. If it's federally legal, how many, how many hemp, if it's just like, I don't know, at that point, if it's classified as hemp, do you still need a license to grow after such a certain number, right? You do you need a license to grow hemp, but it's a whole lot easier to get than growing regular old cannabis. I mean, are you allowed to have 12 hemp plants at least then? Let's just say that let's say your, your cannabis law is 12 THC plants. Yes. Only it's usually like unlimited pretty much. Yeah, dude, you could you could go talk to your state though. You probably can get a license for very cheap, probably as low as 50 bucks to as expensive as maybe a thousand. But that'll allow you to grow as many fucking plants as you want per acre or whatever your lot is. You could grow as many fucking hemp plants as you want. I'm just curious what you would be allowed to without having to get a license, even though considering there's like no THC in it. I don't think joking. there's any. I don't think you're allowed to without a license. Oh, wow. That's oh. part of like the being federally legalized. They have a structure probably in every state to get a license. Right. If they made it legal, they're going to give you an avenue. And I don't think that it is very expensive, but like you're saying with just growing it as cannabis, call it like a high CBD cannabis, not hemp, uh, whatever amount you're allowed to grow, you can grow. I think tobacco is regulated that same kind of, or similar. Like you can't just grow it. You can't just grow it. You got to get a license. Right. Probably. But Jack, I gotta, it's a, I gotta, I gotta skate out of here. I think Brandon might have to too. I don't know. Go ahead and give your uh, final thoughts and shout out. Uh, 
Um, yeah, sorry for leaving early, guys. I just I, I got a lot of stuff to do tonight and for tomorrow. Um, and I'm on the East Coast, so for anyone that doesn't know, it's uh, eight o'clock here, and I gotta wake up at five in the morning every day. So it's kind of tough some days, depending on what I have going on. But uh, yeah, Kyle Breeder here. Uh, I specialize in feminized seeds. I will be having some pretty cool rag lines coming out, like some skunks and some northern lights and some others to kind of. I'm just gonna, I got a bunch of crazy projects going on that are kind of coming to fruition. I have some brand new packaging that actually looks extremely unique and really cool that I'm excited about. But it's well, I'm excited because yours is usually really goddamn good to begin with. Your packaging. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said this is the fanciest packaging I've ever seen. I think it was Baked Pone. He was going through a seed collection. He goes, "I got some Kyle Breeder stuff. This is the fanciest package I've ever gotten." Well, you know what it is? is uh, everyone's doing the like aluminum or whatever that like aluminum packet stuff, and I was just trying to do more of like uh, just like my own kind of thing, you know, and just gonna make my own my own way. But I so again, I'm pro America all day long. But I did have to. I went to Alibaba, and uh, I just have this really unique, fully customized packaging and. The downfall is it's Chinese New Year, which I didn't know was a thing. And I guess they take like a month. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to have my shit for like three months or something like that. I asked them to yesterday. They, she said next Monday it'll ship, but then it has to go ship to the cargo from the cargo across the ocean, from the ocean to a place and from the place ship to my house. I don't know how long that takes, but I'm sure it's uh, a month or something. But, um, but so that's cool. I'm wicked excited about that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I won't take too much more of the time here. But um, yeah, pure underscore breeding on Instagram, pure breeding on Facebook, purebreeding.com if you want seeds. Uh, I do, it, random news, I do accept credit cards right now, which is like extremely rare. Um, so anybody who's looking to not have to do PayPal and Venmo and all this other stuff, uh, I do have credit card options. And other than that, I mean, uh, I love all you guys. I'm glad we're still doing this. This uh, Again, Jack, you should, we should definitely do like some kind of a meetup thing that you were talking about earlier. I mean, I think, you know, we should, we should yes. all meet up at some point somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, take care, you guys, and I'll see you guys on uh, Sunday. Have a good one, Kyle. And uh, Chinese New Year good is night, definitely buddy. real. My sister-in-law got stuck in China for months. She went back for Chinese yeah. New Year and with the whole pandemic. Got stuck there pregnant. So oh, yeah. <laughs> crazy enough, she just got back and uh, thankfully is back in the U.S. with my brother. But thanks again for joining us, Kyle. And uh, I mentioned a little bit before the show to Kyle that I'm considering maybe I'm hoping around October time to host the first ever and i'm hoping to call it first annual sheep home grow cup which my my goal is not to make anybody do anything illegal but uh, have some growers and listeners of the show all meet up in the central area of las vegas where cannabis is legal and if you are able to somehow get a sample to that location uh everybody on the panel myself spartan brandon uh matthew and kyle and the rest of the crew would all be the judges and we just kind of uh, have a little criteria. I'd make up a little scoring card or whatever. And we'd go through and judge all the buds. And it'd be more of just like a meetup and have fun. But if you want to bring some buds to get judged, I think it'd be a fun time. And uh, we could turn it into a little competition. So lots of green hearts in the chat for that idea. I'm already seeing. And I don't think it'd be a tough sell because I think everybody likes to meet up, get together. In Vegas, it's extremely cheap to travel to. They uh, subsidize travel because of the casinos and everything. I'd advocate people be responsible with their drinking and gambling, obviously. Those are two of the reasons that they can make it so cheap to travel there. So you don't want to throw all your money away doing that when you can have all the fun at the Cheap Home Grow meetup. Wherever it's going to be, it's not decided quite yet, dates or times. It's definitely not going to be on a fucking Wednesday, though, because that's when <laughs> they're harvesting at Mincanico. That's all I know. It can't be a Wednesday. But other than that, I'm, I'm shooting for around October. My birthday is in October. I think it'd be fun to uh, meet up with everybody and uh, 
have a, a throwdown, basically rent out a, I don't know, hotel hall room or whatever, and somewhere that they're allowing us to smoke inside and just have a good time. If I have enough advanced notice, I can get a week off. So <laughs> I'll give you advanced notice. It might have to be in Oklahoma. Shit. They seem like they just let everything go down in Oklahoma. So I don't know, Brandon, what do you think? Is Oklahoma the wild west like it's uh, made out to be? Oh, it's cool, man. People here don't trip on stuff. You can go to our, like, we just had our little growcast meet up at a restaurant and we were just puffing tough. People were passing around big ass bags of weed up on the balcony and shit. So it's cool. Good to hear. Good to see. I also just saw Aaron, the grower, posted that he's all fired up and inspired to get back to busting his ass after he went over to uh, meet up with you guys. I heard you guys got to smoke a few bowls and hang out. He picked up uh, some black light and some limelight F2. So uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that meetup before. Uh, I know you got to get run in a little bit. I don't know when exactly, but maybe sure. you could talk a little about uh, touching oh. base with Aaron there. Yeah, he uh, he came by. I think he had to run up to Tulsa. So on his way back um, to his place, he stopped by and we went, I went by the Bokashi office and just kind of showed him around, showed him what I was what I was getting into over there. And I was just letting him know, like, uh, kind of what I had planned for this year, which is um, Bokashi Earthworks is going to be partnering up. Um, and I'm going to be basically vertically integrated. I'll have a whole farm. It'll be my my own thing. Um but I'm, you know, I found somebody that's going to invest in me basically and all the stuff that I'm doing. So I'll have all my labeling from my products you know, registered through California and Oregon and hopefully have national distribution. I, I just got a bunch of different stuff going on. So I'm um, working on uh, figuring it all out. Do you have a new kitten over there? Nope, I have an old cat and a 65-pound puppy who is a bulldog and... Not a puppy it, anymore? Uh, He's fucking... He's a monster. He's huge. I mean, I weighed him, took him to the vet the other day. He weighs 65 pounds. He's about 10 months old. And... So he's still growing. He's got another few months, dude. He's going to get huge. He's a big boy. I thought they were supposed to be small. But Chubby anyway, Chase, I got up to his name, guys. So it was nice talking to you guys, and I'll see you guys all next week. Um, check me out on Bokashi Earthworks on IG, BokashiEarthworks.com. Get you some Bokashi stuff. Cheers, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you, and uh, cool to hear about what you've got coming in the future. I know it inspired Aaron. It inspires me as well to hear uh, you've got a lot planned and I've seen you execute on a lot of the stuff that's already in your past that you're probably not even thinking about, but you've already made some big accomplishments and uh, you just keep pushing forward. So it's an inspiration to me and many others. So keep doing you and kicking ass, dude. See you guys. Good night, buddy. I think I might drop the uh, Zoom link in the chat. I wasn't planning on doing it this week, but um, since there's just the three of us, maybe we could take some questions from the chat and in the meantime, I'll go and pull that link and send it out. Just the three of us. We can make it if we try. Until <laughs> <laughs> 45. And then Spartan's going to go. Yeah. Yep. The Russells are going good in my garden. The uh, They've got about the second or third set of leaves. Maybe the third set of leaves now. Starting to put out like fat-shaped fan leaves. So, or, Which was kind of surprising between a it's a jet, uh, uh, a uh, Jack Herrera 
crossed with a uh, chem dog. So I wasn't really expecting to see indica leaves, but it's looking kind of indica-esque. We'll see. Jacaray is a weird one. It's got like basically every single genetic ever put in there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's everything. Like all mixed into one. And Adam Dunn even joked, if you like start getting into like crazy polyhybrids where it's like everything crossed together, it ends up just smelling like Jack Herrera, like somehow, like when you bash everything together, like Jack Herrera comes out. So, <laughs> I don't know if there's a validity to do that, but he's been breeding for a long ass time. So I think maybe uh, he's come across that, at least with the stuff that he was working with. I think now it's all so cookie-fied. What I've seen is it all tastes like gelato or cookie gelato. or wedding cake. Yeah, there's a lot of gelato being used, a lot of cookie stuff still. Around Michigan, you still see a lot of GG4 influence, which is nice. Brandon's bringing that back a little bit. Mac, I guess, is out there. Not a lot, because I think it's harder to breed with Mac, maybe. I think that's exactly why. And also, I think that even the true cut, like the Mac 1 that everybody got obsessed with, it was kind of hard to grow. So it, like, vegged kind of slow, depending on the situation or whatever, and it didn't stretch a ton. So production-wise, it was hard to make it perform like a lot of people would prefer. Like GMO, for example, on the opposite end, other than the fact that it runs long as hell. Um, I guess regular OG, like take a nine-weeker, it yields crazy well, it stretches, and I don't know, it does, does pretty well in a lot of rooms if you dial it in. I think that's why people like the ice cream cake. I think it's like a pretty good yielding, like cookie OG variant that um, has a good name and sold for at least the last season. Man, I am so out of the loop with all of the... Uh the different strains and, and everything. It's just because I I sit back and I'm just like, I've got plenty of fucking seeds and, and then people who want to send me seeds. I don't even, I'm not even the market to look for seeds. So I can't even keep up with all the new stuff. I've stopped buying them as well. Um, I'm pretty satisfied with my collection and I don't want to just like waste money senselessly when I could add, like spend it other places in the grow. And I'm making my own seeds now. So even more the reason to not like go and buy them when I don't know, it's you could invest that money in something else or literally invest. But cheers to Cheddar Bob, who just joined us, a regular member of our whenever we open up to these panels. Um, somebody gave me some feedback and this isn't directed at you, Cheddar Bob, but to any of our people that want to jump on the panel, um, just hopefully um, knowing how to mute and unmute their mic and uh, hopefully have a decent enough mic quality. Because uh, that was one of the complaints, like the audio quality is not as good. And it's just random people jumping on. All, but the show is called "Growing with My Fellow Growers," not "Growing with My Fellow Panelists." So I, I love the fact that we can bring up growers and make them part of the panel because this is what this is all about. You guys ask questions, you come up and, and join us. So I, I love including everybody. So cheers, uh, Cheddar Bob. How's things going over there? Now that I'll unmute my mic, uh, things are going things are going good, man. Uh, it's been hell cold over on the East Coast here. Uh, really weird temperature fluctuations. Like one day it'll be minus fourteen with the wind chill, and the next day it'll be like forty two degrees. You go back down to minus. So it's been a little hard keeping my my grow area consistent. You know, in a basement in Maine, but yeah, I feel like such a a baby for complaining that it's been a little cold here and now we're getting like 60 and 70 degree days that are sunny so it's like i'm hearing that it's just like uh okay i'll just uh shut up about my weather over here and not complain at all because 
it's pretty damn ideal. I, I know it. Even our coldest days aren't aren't that bad. So yeah, eight, eight degrees right now here in Michigan. Yeah, and see, like uh, yesterday it was minus fourteen, and right now at night it's like sixteen degrees. So it's, it's like, what is going on here? So I don't know, but I'm on the coast, uh, so that might like on an island, so that might we stick out a little bit further. That might make a little bit of a difference too. But, uh, Has your humidity been pretty much next to nothing because of the cold? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's like, the struggle. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but, uh, I think it's been a few weeks, at least since I was on, and I showed you the, the progress of the, the Bruce banner. Um, I'm actually quite impressed with these. These are in week six. And, um, you know, I told, I told you guys about the, the last two runs with it that had the mealy bugs. Um, and they, they just, they turned out okay, but not quite what I thought they were going to this one. No mealybugs. Um, I've been using, well, I had been using the ferments on like, on like a schedule, you know, twice a week, boom, 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 boom. Um, and just the turnout is significantly noticeable. We'll turn you around here. Um, so generally, this doesn't have, or, or I'm going to say this hadn't happened on the last two runs uh, that I had with this, just the, the internodal stacking. No, generally this would be like one here, one up here, and then like a two nugget cola. Yeah. This is all filling in now. I like it. Yeah. I mean, week six out of 10 and these things are looking beautiful. Yeah, man. Those are like really beautiful. Frosty as fuck too. Yeah. Thick and healthy. I, super thick super healthy um and it's just three plants in here you know and it's it's pretty much filling up five by five in the four by four bed um everything's yeah. pretty uni uniformed under the ion 720 i got a little underneath fan that i just put in here because the you know everything's starting to get more dense so i need a little bit more uh air circulation yeah looks good but, though. Man. i like that you part. left it above that second um, yeah. screen, every that hole between those two screens, you've got a bunch of buds down there where a lot of people would only have buds above that top screen. Yeah. I mean, I finish up great. they are going to fit. They're, they're not going to finish up as dense, which is fine, but the trichome development on it is going to be perfect for, for washing or, or pressing or something like that. Um, uh, and, and, you know, just because, to my eye or our eyes that it looks a little darker in there doesn't necessarily mean that the plants aren't or the nugs down there and the leaves aren't getting the necessary amount of light. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to be happy with this turnout. Uh, this yeah, is sure. And remember, you know, the plant can utilize light from, you know, that it absorbed at the top of the canopy and utilize it down to the bottom of the canopy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I had a couple outliers down there and I was like, oh, I'm just going to cut them for, for clones. And I was like, oh, but they're poking out to the side. They're going to get some light. I was just thinking the same thing. They're getting light. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's always fun I, to I leave like, a few just to see like how they'll develop at that very, very bottom. Like, was it worth cutting it off? Was it not worth cutting it off? And then you'll yeah, see like, like 
yeah. getting their bare minimum, you know, uh, I've, I've had flowers like that would, you know, you, sometimes you get these little ones that, that pop up out of the little nodals that whatever, like you'll have a small nugget that you missed. Yep. Yep. And I've, I've, I've had ones just like swell and swell and swell and they're dense and they're, it ends up being a beautiful little small tight nug, but you know, it definitely turned out, I wouldn't grow a whole, uh, you know, plant of them, but, but yeah. Um, I'm happy with this one. It's looking great. I would be happy. Is this your last crop before you move? I think I remember this you saying be, you got to tear it down. Yeah, I've got to tear this down uh, before April. So this will be done in about four weeks. Um, you know, and then I have these ones, which I may have started a little bit too late. So it may kind of still reek of cannabis when, <laughs> when the owners get here. <laughs> oh, well, we'll be gone, hopefully. Um, so I got another Bruce Banner over here and a cherry pie and, um, you know, 10 weeks takes me to like pretty much the end of March. Oops. But yeah, I had to flip these early, obviously, cause we're moving. So I didn't get to fill out the screen, but yeah, we're looking all Lots right. Lots of love from the chat, by the way, everybody's saying nice shaved legs, buds are looking good, killer fire. Oh, everybody's uh, oh, shouting you out. Lots of love. Uh, we got dog turn. doctor joining us and, and the American ones in the chat. I'm going to shame him. He says, oops, I was out and about and didn't realize the time at cheap home grow. It's all right. Tao, jump in. We got, we got room for you. Tao, That's what happens like when you're in the, the city that never sleeps. And now it's a, city like that's, a stoner or something like he might smoke weed or something. Yeah. He's allowed to legally smoking in, in New York now. So he's just getting stoned all the time and he can't remember what the hell he's doing. He doesn't know what day it is. Doesn't know what time it is. He's uh, forgetting to show up for his uh, shows. Come on, Tao. Now he's new smoking turned you into a vagrant. He doesn't follow rules. <laughs> Tragic. Tao, Tao uh, bringing on all the uh, stoner stereotypes. Uh, so welcome to Dog Doctor, because he just got here. And, and uh, Tao, you can sit in the corner quietly in, in shame. Hi, guys. Hello, everybody. Here's love. Hey, Dog Doctor. Cheers, Dog Doctor. How's it going? It's doing good. All right, I'll be quiet. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tao. Welcome in, buddy. How you doing? How are you, buddy? Good to see you. You're always welcome. And uh, we had Brandon and uh, Kyle with us earlier in case you want to do a, a good shout out later for all the people that were on the show. But uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome Un back. Unpin me. Are you pinned? Pretty sure you're not pinned. I have a spotlight? little pin. I have He's a pin. Remove spotlight. Me. There we go. There you, go. <laughs> you were spotlighted. I could see I had it on gallery gallery in Zoom, but uh, you were spotlighted. I needed to remove the spotlight. I'm gonna spotlight dog doctor though because he's showing yeah, off his garden. Those are Look at dog doctor showing off his dongs. Uh, just my humble gelatos. Almost. They get close, huh? Yeah, but they're still very. Goddamn that light! Gelato hates light. Dude, they are at sixty uh, percent already. Oh, I mean, then I'd I say let the top suffer a little bit, and then the bottom will be fine. I mean, it's 60%. I can dim them down, but... Uh, let's scroll down like like 10 inches and let's look at the shoulder buds. Are we getting any orange hairs down like uh, a little bit lower? I think it's pretty much the same. They're coming out, mm -hmm. but uh, the trichomes, they are all uh, white and they cloudy. There's no amber anywhere. How hot is the room? Uh, right now, 
24. I even That's bring the temperatures now down for, for them to finish faster. And I'm doing uh, 10 hours lights, 14 uh, sleep. I'm just letting them go. I'm, I'm giving them just plain water. They keep on going. They, they keep growing, so it's okay. Yeah, I think at the 10 hours, it, it's going to start to uh, finish up. They're starting to, the nug is developing. The pistols or uh, stigmas, whatever you want to call the hairs, are still very white, which is my only kind of concern. But I think that they're starting to curve and going to get that orangish, amberish going here in a little bit. Yeah, we hope so. They cannot keep going forever. I mean, do you I wash? No do you ever wash bubble hash? Yes, sometimes. But uh, this is the type of strain. Work. This is the type of strain that'll wash really well if uh, if you're not happy with the bud structure or development. The, those open, more airy structures tend to. I didn't wash even clone decent. this. This uh, I was not happy with her. I did these clones because I didn't know if I was gonna like it or not. But uh, for this one, I didn't even clone her. I didn't uh, like so much the smoke. It's that weed that checks all the boxes, but uh, I don't like the smoke. What so, didn't you like about it? Uh, it's sweet, but it's not the, the type of sweet that uh, stays in the mouth and uh, keeps the tongue uh, sweet. And it's got uh, some, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's okay smoke if I don't have anything else to smoke. I smoke it. That's what happened to all of it, actually. When the rest of it, it'll do. It'll do. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear you didn't have to throw it away. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still better than anything I can buy here. But uh, it's just not a keeper. Hmm. What's your ideal? Like, uh, you know, I like sweets with a tiny little touch of hearty kind of uh, it's not moldy but uh, musk musk i don't know how to say oh musky it. kind earthy, of musky. like a earth yeah like a hearty like a, with, a, yeah. with lime touches for the day and for the night tight i like uh, something uh, a little bit more not so sweet and not so more hearty hearty style and um, with a little bit of um, the Lavender one, it's limonene, lionel, which this brings me down and keeps me relaxed at nighttime. This is my type of weed. But I like everything. I grow every type so that I can uh, taste everything. Where have you uh, found mostly, like, what's the most lavender or lionel strain you've come across? Okay. There's one that actually is called lavender. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that is pretty, pretty nice. Uh, I've grown a few years ago. And um, I like it. The the Magnum one, it's a, it's an auto that I grew recently. She was amazing on that department. I got sick of it because uh, I stay in the end. I only had that to smoke, so I I'm not growing it again. <laughs> was that us? Was that Soma's lavender? Uh, no, it's from uh, I think it was a few years ago. I can't remember. I'm sorry, but it was not Sonus. It was an European one. Basically, everyone yeah. buys Somas and then uh, recreates it, knocks it off yeah. for the most part. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. That's cool. But that, that's where I go. And, and, and then I like the honey taste on them. When they taste like when they stay with the honey uh, taste on the mouth, I love that. 
Yeah, when it translates and, from the nose, the bud, all the way into like the final flavor. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's the, the thing for me. When I smell it, I look at it, I smell it, and then I, I give a dry puff, and then I light it, and I smoke, and I, and I get all the same thing around it. That, that, I love that. Like, uh, smelling and know what I'm expecting when smoking. It sucks when you get the opposite. You get like a nice dry puff and you're like, oh, this tastes good and it smells good. And then you toke it and you can't taste shit. It <laughs> just nothing yeah. comes through. There's, there's a lot of, I think it's the way that you cure it after that mostly makes that. Uh, because it happens to me genetics that I like it and it was good. And the, 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 the parts that was not so well dried did that after so maybe it was just that time but uh, i believe that sometimes when you don't do a good dry and curing you fuck up all your work i, I tend to agree that. i do think that some genetics they'll carry through more to the mouth than uh, other ones just based on like how much terpenes are there or the like the profile of terpenes and, and other cannabinoids that are in there certain ones just carry i think it's like sesquiterpenes tend to stick around longer like my one of my mentors has a tie bud from the 90s and i can still smell the fucking pepper it's like i don't know how long beta caryophyllene sticks around for but this is decade old bud and you can still smell like real strong spice so uh, certain cool. ones stick and these that are the ones i'll oh, go ahead i'm gonna respotlight you so we can look at your plants again what is he saving that bud for why have you smoked it yet it was um it was like seeded it was some Thai bud and it was in like a tin like an Altoids tin and he had a bunch of other seeds he couldn't get them to germinate because they're so old so he gave me some to try and germinate them but I'm like I need some space to try and grow some fucking land race Thai <laughs> yeah ain't growing that in a closet hear, I learned I learned from my Thailand, do you hear that they announced that they are going to legalize cannabis in Thailand I did hear that and um I mean Robert Bendula I, I, I forget what he actually calls himself um. Captain 420. Yeah, Captain, Captain 420. 420. He was over in one of those um, Asian countries that has recently legalized in some respects. Um, was it Vietnam or a different one? Oh, he was in Thailand. I believe he was Thailand. in Thailand. Oh, okay. He was in Thailand. Cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's uh, great to see internationally cannabis getting more acceptance. I think the U.S. really pushes a lot of it. We lead this the way in a lot of things. Well, this would make the first Asian country to have done, to have done it uh, officially, I guess. That's a so, huge deal. That's a huge deal, yeah. That'd People be are like, getting killed over there in certain countries. Be like yeah. Alabama fucking flipping and saying we're full wreck and we're having no restrictions. Like That's about to happen with Mississippi. <laughs> fucking, it's, it's happening in the South. I think Mississippi is literally like about to overnight be like the next Oklahoma. You, you know, never America, would have thought Oklahoma would be like this five years ago, ten years they'll ago. They'll hang you in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, that's America what America led the way on the illegal uh, capacity of cannabis too, pretty much. So the least yeah, they help everyone yeah. get out of it. Yeah, yeah that's they a had all example. the countries sign that treaty, and uh, and now we're we're trying to just now, like yeah. everything else, we're trying to undo the treaty that we had everyone sign. That's yeah. true. What what plan are we looking at over here, dog doctor? Sorry, well I got you spotlight. Yeah, what strain is that? I was curious too. This is the rents. The rents. This is the first time I'm running this genetic. Uh, that's actually it's the smallest plants I ever grew. I was gonna ask that. Do you guys ever grow rents? Runts like R U N T Z. Yes, sir. No, I haven't yet because growing white runts. You grow it at work. 
Okay. Is she a stretcher? This one is not a stretcher for sure because, uh, damn. She is a stretcher at uh, our work. <laughs> yeah, because she was supposed to be, but uh, look at the size of the cheese. Yeah. Maybe she wants a bigger pot. I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but uh, five gallon pots. I cannot. Oh, that's put... usually good enough. Maybe yeah, it's not. What, not... Maybe it's not what they say that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Very it's likely. Runts is tightly held, so I don't know how everybody thinks they have it. It's like these genetics come out every year, right? And it's like somebody's prized possession, and they don't even give it to their best friends. But some European seed bank is going to claim to have it and be selling it as Runts, not Runts S1, not Runts F1. They're selling it as Runts, just Runts. No, runs. no, it's it's Runts Runts. Yeah, it's amnesias, and they sell it as Runts Runts. They don't sell it. Actually, they gave me for for me to test it. But uh, who's it from? Amnesia. Amnesia. Okay, yeah. I'd be very, very surprised if they had a legitimate cut of, of runs. Just my own skepticism. But yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like with the Bruce Banner three. Um Dark Horse went through on his live video one time, he went through like 30, 35 different seed banks and he was like, Nope, 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 nope. Nope. Fuck them. Fuck them. Nope. 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 <laughs> it was crazy. He's like, I know for a fact none of these, none of these are Bruce Banner number three. You're gonna find more fake stuff than you'll find real stuff. The best way to yeah. find the real stuff is to go to in a modern breeder's Instagram, look at their profile, and it'll say like, this is at Neptune Seed Bank, JBC Seed Bank, and all these other seed banks, and then you can go there, check what's in stock. You'll see that breeder's name. You click on it. You see all the varieties they have in stock. That's how I've always done it. It's never done me wrong. You can DM that breeder and be like, hey, um, if they don't have that list, which seed banks are you carried at? Or can I get it directly from you? Guess what? If you go direct, like I went direct through CSI Humboldt, they'll give you a fuck ton of freebies in most cases. So especially in CSI Humboldt's circumstance, um, I got tons and tons of freebies. But Dog Doctor, we're seeing some nuggage right now. What are we uh, looking at right there? This one is the Dossi Dos that, that, that was growing a few episodes back. Wow, I love this. Nice. Is it orangey? Is it kind of like an orangey flavor? Yes. It's yeah, beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Looks like you could run that over and it wouldn't even be like your, your car would actually go over, like move over no, and crush it. <laughs> be a speed bump. Yeah. Okay. This is the chocolate. This is one of my favorites for now, chocolate skunk. It smells like pure lemons. Well, when you're dreaming, it looks like you're in a lemon fields. It's so beautiful. You just broke Cal's heart. Chocolate. You yeah, just broke Cal's heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you like That's it also? He likes <laughs> chocolate anything. So if it's named chocolate skunk and you don't get chocolate or skunk, he's pissed. Yeah, I hate that. That's a problem in my eyes. Like, That's my number one I problem with breeders. Yeah, like if even if I use chocolate something and I make something, let's say, and it doesn't taste like chocolate, I'll probably take the chocolate out the name, you know? <laughs> That's fair to me. I mean, yeah. if you can't get it to express that name, then why perpetuate that name? Right. That's sense true. There, there's no chocolate taste on it, actually, at all. Well, and, and that's it's not your the, fault. That's the breeder. Yeah. I mean, and it could just be maybe it didn't express that way in your environment. Maybe that's the redheaded phenotype or whatever. But I really love the the, the lemon smell in the taste and everything on, on, on this, on that, actually. This is the other one. This is Gorilla Glue number four crossed with the blueberry from DJ Short. I think it's his name. Okay. This, yeah. this I, damn nut. 
say they got chocolate flavor off the GG4, so maybe that's... Well, there's chocolate, chocolate trip. Um, you can go back I've and got... listen to the GG4 episode with Josie Wales where he talks about it, where the genetics came from. Okay. I've got this... Uh... I've got this chocolate crossed with cantaloupe haze from cannabis Corey. Yeah, chocolate is chocolate tie by cantaloupe haze. So that just must be an extra cantaloupe haze injection in there. Yep. I think I'm going to start buying lemons, lemon strains and see if I, uh, I'll probably have a better chance to find that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I got, I got the Caps frozen lemons. I got the can, uh, the candied lemons too from Skunk House. Oh yeah, I saw you talking about that in the chat earlier when I was talking about yeah. the Donnie Burger. His stuff's fire. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Skunk House genetics. Um, but that being said, there's just uh, only a, I'd say like a handful of breeders that actually give the description that you find in the packs. Unfortunately, a lot of people are putting stuff out there that you just don't find those flavors. It's like unfortunate. It's a big letdown when they, you grow for a few months and find not what you're looking for. How do they do to get the, the genetics to sell when they don't have the, they, they buy the seeds, they, they grow, they, they get a cut they like, and then they claim the, the name? That's what this, uh, these guys do. do. So they I think just they, write, if, if I just, was an unscrupulous genetics producer and I saw Runts is very popular right now, you read a description about Runts, you look into the genetics background. You find whatever is the closest. So let's say it's like a gelato cross or something like that. Then you find whatever. If you can get gelato, you get the gelato and maybe you cross it to something. But even if you don't have any of that, you could just say, oh, well, I've got this strain that's fruity. You could even be less scrupulous than that. You could be like, I've just got these two plants and I can make seeds. I don't care if it's anything like runts at all. I'm just going to knock them together and sell these seeds and label it runts. And oh, guess what? Wedding cake is hot now. I got wedding cake seeds. Guess okay. what? Now this new strain's hot. I got those seeds too. It's like, what do you want? And that happens a lot. A lot. Yep. A lot. Well, and then there's like um, big greenhouses. Somebody was mentioning the other day that like in Spain, they have like a greenhouse full of, you know, seeds and they're just white labeling stuff to like sell to other companies to market and sell. So there's a lot of just marketing happening. It's they, they get seeds, cannabis strain A and sell it as whatever they want to sell it as. Let me tell you guys something. Somebody hit me up in the DMs and they're like, man, I have these plants. They're only like 45 days in flower and they're all getting amber and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm like maybe it got too hot. Maybe, um, you know, uh, the light was too close. Something happened like that. And I'm like, well, you know, was it advertised as a fast finisher? And I guess he checked. He's like, yeah, it says it's a 45 day finisher. I'm like, well, first off, I'm pretty impressed that the, uh, the description matches the reality. And I think it was Humboldt Seed Company. Not all good. I'll double check. But I was like, that's pretty good that um, when he checked it, he said, yeah, they say it's a 45-day strain. And I'm like, well, that's probably why they're uh, they're getting done now. But I'm pretty impressed that they uh, held true to the description, which was uh, pretty good. So hopefully I'll give... more and more people are going to start being more truthful on the packs. And now, like, with these newer st- Newer cuts that people like the Mac takes is it the Mac that takes 10 weeks for sure. If you really want to go to the GMO, one of them GMO is like so, 77 days. Yeah, as people get GMO. more accepting of the longer strains, perhaps people will be more realistic with the true finishing times. Not and a lot of times you can take it at eight weeks, it'll be killer. But if you go to 10, you know, it'd be killer. So I'm that's with you on that. I, 
I'm finding out a lot. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Pearl runs 45 days. Does it actually? Seeds. Have you run it? Uh, I haven't, but it's a silver Pearl uh, S1. Okay. Uh, it's It's been grown. It's been documented. So it's, you know, it's legit 45 days. 45 That's pretty to 52. cool. Yeah. I will uh, just give the stamp, my Greenstock stamp of approval to Humboldt Seed Company, Nat Pennington, and uh, his daughter, Haley or Hallie, they're crushing it. They're fucking doing thousand plant hunts. The pineapple upside down cake is also like a below 50 day finisher. I think it's 47 days, if I'm remembering correctly. Super fast finisher, and it actually does finish that quickly. Uh, great flavors, great potency. So cheers to them. And cheers to Crack Babies DWC, who jumped in a little while ago, and we haven't uh, given an opportunity to say hello. So cheers, Crack Baby. Hey, cheers, guys. How's it going? Doing well. How's it going, buddy? Nice to see y'all. What's up, Crack Babies? Good to hear you, Crack Babies. Cheers. Is that your yeah, New Year's Grow Challenge plants on the left over there? Yeah, exactly. I got, uh, yeah, the bigger ones I started before there, but the, the rest are clones for that challenge. So it's, uh, it's coming along there. I got the Master Kush and the 5x2 uh, the there, the, the bigger ones. Well, the bigger, smaller ones. And the little clone ones are the Hindu Kush, or the Hindu root beer, sorry, from, uh, from Kyle, which is the big one you see in the dark there. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's the the one in the foreground is the Hindu root beer, and the one in the background is a watermelon gelato X Mac V2 from uh, OCG there at a CSC. Are these all DWC buckets? Yeah. Nice. Two gallon on the small ones and five gallon on the bigger ones. I like it. Nice. I feel like you're one of the too. the few handful of DWC growers over at Coke Over Cannabis in the uh, New Year's Grow Challenge. Yeah, we're not too many. They're in that uh, category water. Or I think we're 12 or something like that. 12, it's not too many peat growers there. It's, it's mostly cocoa. For the, I mean, obviously. Yeah, there's yes. like 40, 50 cocoa ones there. It's like, yeah, a lot of people in cocoa. I've been taking pictures. I haven't uploaded anything you know, that yet. So I've just got little plants. And I will update. My one plant that I thought was a tomato plant actually ended up being a velvet punch F2. It was just really fucked up looking leaves. So, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> it's a super runt. I got one out of 10. It really must have been a pack that I fucking left out in the heat or something because normally I've had 100% germination every time with that. So, uh, it was rare. The F3s got 100% germination though. And I'm sending out my sex tests tomorrow to Farmer Freeman. So, cheers to him. They're still in their solo cup. So, I'll know. Who needs to get chopped down or fed to my kittens here pretty soon? So, oh, good luck. <laughs> I just need two females. So I've got 11 living plants and I just need two ladies. So the best two will go on. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, I got to run some uh, Amy Aces soon there. So I'll be doing some, uh, I'll, I'll be doing the clone thing there where I'll flip them, like take some clones, flip them and sex them that way. Yeah. To me, that's the only other option potentially to do that. Yeah. That's the way I like doing it. Growing them all out there, it's not worth it now. Right. Especially DWC. <laughs> it's a little right. extra elbow grease. <laughs> Are you getting any smells off of that uh, that root beer that you've got? It looks like it's in the dark right now. It's, uh, you know, I try to rub the stem, and but they're all kind of the same there when they're growing, right? It might yeah. start there. It might start to, to, to get some smells or start to get trike shots. I, I will respectfully disagree because my strawberry uh, daiquiri smelled like strawberry and late veg and an early flower. It was like, holy fucking shit. That's, that's it. Like, and some of them do, but I agree most of the time it's kind of smell like herbal or like vegetal in the early stages of stretch for yeah. me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Which, well, uh, you know, which, it's always which root beer? Kind of, a Hindu root beer from uh, Kyle or pure breeding. 
So it's a Hindu oh, Kush cross to uh, Mean Jeans root beer, root beer GMO, I think. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm interested to to get the terps on that one. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm interested to see what that or hear what that's like. Yeah, I've got a couple different crosses of the the root beer stuff. I've got the burgers and beers, and uh, yeah. and something from Dutch Blooms, the uh, the mean mug crossed with the bicket. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, it must have like a licorice kind of kind of taste to it too, right? Yeah. Like root beer is kind of licorice-y. A bit. Sassaf- yeah, sassafras. Sassafras is, is, yeah. is well, what the root beer is uh, named after its color. Oh, okay. I've pulled this it's up not, in the past. Not the flavor, really. No, it's yeah. not named for the flavor. It does on occasion. Some of the notes are like soda y, but most of the flavors that are described, I'll pull up Mean Jean's post while. But, but uh, not soda like not soda like we think of it, like a, like an old style soda, like a like a like a herb soda or something like that. It's very it's like yeah yeah yeah. Nice. I'll pull it up. But uh, well, I root it was, beer used to be quite herbal, you know. Um, yeah, well, it was, it was made with sassafras. That's. Yeah, and wintergreen. The yeah, not the A&W there, but well, it's that <laughs> yeah. wintergreen stuff. I tried making uh, uh, root beer the old style way before, and it was partly successful. But that wintergreen uh, was yeah. really difficult to uh, get a hold of. Um, that was like good quality, anyways. Hmm. Interesting. And then the other one, while it's Master Kush, that's you know, good old Kush there. So. That I know what it tastes like should be good. And then the uh, the watermelon gelato Mag V2 that I'm really interested in because I, I I tried the Mag V1 you know from a dis a dispo not too far from here, and uh, it was really good. And that's from the dis the dispensary, so I can imagine <laughs> me growing it. It's gonna be a lot better, right? And, yeah. and it's a V2 with the and watermelon gelato, so that's all interesting flavors are. <laughs> Yeah, forward, like dude. a really sweet Mac. That sounds awesome. Yeah. The Mac, I haven't, I personally don't care for the Mac or its its crosses that I've had yet. Um I keep I I keep getting this what I describe as a, a urinal cake smell, you know, flavor-wise, like the way a urinal cake smells in the bathroom. Yeah, well, that's kind um, of dude. Some crunky. of those new urinal cakes smell fucking amazing. I don't, that's a skunky direction, right? It's yeah, like cat every, piss every, or kind of thing. Yeah, yeah but uh, and you're talking about the old has, old school urinal cake, though, right? Like the it smells like, like piss oh, and like a little bit of deodorant, like moth. Yeah, 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 like like in the urinals, you know, when you're taking a piss in your in your urinal and you get that. You're walking into a men's room, you get that smell. It hits you in the nose. It's like piss with deodorant mixed. Yes. It's, it's like a, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I believe it's an an ester that gases off, and you know how some people so, get that from uh, cilantro. It tastes like soap. So, so it's sort of you, like a. I think it like gets it when, when it's when it's old. Like if you've let it cured for like four months or something, it gets that smell. It gets uh, that almost piss smell for sure. Closet smell, old lady closet smell. Damn, yeah, that's, well, right. that's usually only when it gets old, man. Like, so smoke it quick. If, if you get it within the first two, three months, I think it's fucking some of the best weed I smoke. So the only the only Mac I've had is from Blue, and I I mean I know it's not old. Mine was a Nethos, I so I you know I guess it was a good a good variety there that they grew. Yeah. I I I'm just it's it's it it's comparable to the uh, cilantro soap thing, you know. 
Like yeah, islands. yeah, for sure. So I got the Mean Gene post up. I can't zoom in any further, so I'm just going to read it. It says, taste, unburned root beer has a mild, fruity flavor with hints of kush, sassafras, and cola soda. When burned, root beer is rich, smooth flavor with hints of roots, tonic, chocolate, coffee, vanilla, cola, sassafras, and root beer without the wintergreen. All in subtle amounts with dominant flavor being thick, hashy, and earthy. Oh, yeah. Winner. <laughs> that rings all the bells on my list anyways. Yeah. It's going to be good for extractions. I cloned it. <laughs> I'm going to keep I'm, her alive. I'm curious how it does, how uh, Mean Jeans gear does indoors. I know that it's, it's all open pollinated outdoors, right? It's stretchy. It's got big node spacing. Well, you can see it yep. there, you know, yeah. compared to the one yeah. in the back. The one in the back is the Mac V2 and it's pretty tight. It's like a GG4 ish kind of. But yep. the other one there in the front, that one's got big spacing. So that means there's lots of room for that big nug there. I, like I just that. also wanted to read uh, real quick. It says the leaves often change near harvest time to take the color similar to actual root beer with some added purple and right. some nearly black when grown indoors. Outdoors, they tend to stay greener. Buds grow neatly spaced along narrow bud branches, which I'm kind of seeing a little bit um, on the structure of your plant over there. But yeah, I just am always reminded that the root beer is more, I guess, originally named after the color of the leaves than the actual flavor. But it's like also describing a root beer that probably many of us are thinking of a different kind of root beer, like the A&W root beer. But he's describing like a root beer without wintergreen. So yeah. it's, I think it's important to make that distinction so people aren't like looking for A&W when they're hunting. yeah. Ruby the Fino's sweet, sugary one there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm with yeah. Jet out of here. It was oh, awesome. man, it's already 5.45. Yeah, it's, it was awesome. Hang okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get ready to take these dogs outside, and then uh, you can catch me on the Mission Bros. Grow Show here in about 15 minutes. We got, uh, who was it? Um, Rob from uh, Cannabis Lifestyle TV. So we got a special guest. So check and us you're out. Gonna have, you're going to have Blue on, right? You guys are going to have Blue That's, on. Then. I think he's the following week. Yep. Awesome. So, yep, Sweet. we're going to have blue on the following week for sure. Yeah, uh, avocado tech. So, for sure, we'll be talking to blue. I believe it's, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's the, the following week, but he might, I'm not sure. We have to fight, figure out with his schedule and everything. Yeah. Cheers, Peace out, Spartan. Have a great one. Fuck MCMA. Fuck MCMA. Fuck MCMA. Thank you so much, Spartan Grown. You can find him at Spartan Grown. You can email him at spartangrown um, at gmail.com. And you can also find his commercial work at Mitten Canico. They're doing some killer stuff over there. It's fun to follow because sometimes you see like behind the scenes and it happens to be Spartan and you see all the comments. Everybody's like, Spartan. Yeah, like everybody fucking loves Spartan. So uh, for good reason. He's a great dude. And comes He's on all the shows. Very generous with his time and knowledge. So I'm a big fan and of him is, myself. I, I missed him Saturday morning. He was he was missing from the wake and bake. I, I stopped my Saturday cartoons to to watch the wake and bake, and he was he was MIA. I don't know if he's a regular on the the wake and bake or not, but I know he does join sometimes. But he's just like he's a marathon man for cannabis shows, which I respect. He responds all the miles or whatever you mail him. He's back to you in less than twenty four hours, even if he doesn't know it. First time I wrote to him. Less than 24 hours, he was answering me and talking to me. It's an amazing guy. Respect. 
He's a great member of this community, no doubt, and very selfless with his time. Uh, helps many, many, many people, uh, whether it's the first message or he's been buddies with you for years. He's helped me out uh, many times. So I have a lot of respect for Spartan and appreciate that he makes the time for us each week for an hour and 45 minutes to come on and uh, kick it and you know share some of his knowledge and just chill a lot of the time. That's We have such a large panel sometimes that people don't get as much time to talk, but this week we had a smaller panel. So I'm glad he got to kick it and share some information this week so it's always good to uh whether it's a small panel or a big panel i always appreciate everybody's input like tau slipping in last second <laughs> i saw him in the chat before i saw him on the panel which is a yeah. rarity. and i gotta <laughs> say do not blame cannabis for your shortcomings whether it's tardiness or laziness that's on you not on cannabis so <laughs> i agree <laughs> I, 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 I people use that however if you're healthy and doing some great things, you can blame the cannabis because it definitely leads in all the good things, and it's your de your demise if it's on bad things. So I want to now point see how you were. What you were supposed to do was say, "I don't know what you're talking about, Jack." I kept going into the waiting room and sitting and waiting, and finally I went into the chat so you so I could. So you see me? There you go. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta pay attention to your uh, teachings more. Apparently, That's good work. See, <laughs> It's that cannabis keeping him from doing the thing that you just suggested, Cheddarbot. Uh, Dang it. Again. It's, a, it's, a circle. <laughs> it's a circle. It's a vicious cycle for sure. <laughs> Whenever I forget something, I just say, man, I was too sober. I wasn't medicated enough on my cannabis. So that's why I forgot. But yeah, don't blame oh, my, my cannabis. Cat, I'm my cat wants in. I'll be right back there. Give me. No worries. I'm an yeah. 80s kid, so I can blame it on ADHD. That's it, yeah. Thinking of that song, blame it on the uh, 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 alcohol. But I don't ever drink alcohol, so I can't do that. Uh, Change it to the AHD. Uh, 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 <laughs> That'll work. Any of you guys grow with autopods? I just uh, got four of them to try. Oh, you, you just missed your opportunity. Spartan was the guy you should have asked because oh. he's actually grown with autopods. Maybe next oh. week, or maybe right, in the okay. DMs. There's time still. <laughs> I have information about them though, and I will say, um, if you're using like a hydroponic nutrient, that they tend to not work as well as if you're using like organics because the hydroponics, the way that they wick and dry, um, it builds a lot of EC up top. Okay. So you'd want to go in and hand water from the top to either get rid of that EC buildup or go with a more water only type soil so that. You can do just that and let the I, I was gonna go fill with water. With the pallets. I was going to go with the pallets and keep it the, the same line as I was doing with these ones. It's fully organic and mineral. That yeah. was the idea. I think that would work, to be honest. I just like the idea of they being able to drink whenever they want, not whenever you time it. So I like that. If this works, it takes a lot of work out of one's hands. So that you can take care of other things. I'm a huge advocate. I'm all sip now. My even my veg, I put pumice down underneath my solo cups, and I can bottom water. And um, anything that goes through with the runoff, they can suck back up, or I could vacuum out if it's uh, too full and I'm worried about like root rot or anything. But you can even make the bottom of your pots in the auto pots have like a little bit of pumice stone or uh, perlite or um, whatever that volcanic stuff that we're seeing on top the, of. The the little balls. Yeah, the, the uh, brown ones. I'm, I can't think of the name. What it, it, Crack Baby's DWC would know, but I think he's letting his cat out, in or out. Um, what's Bad. the name of that stuff? Which Those one? Clay, oh, cool. clay balls, the pellets. Cocoa balls. 
Oh, the hydroton clay hydroton hydroton. Hydrogen. That's actually good stuff. My buddy uses that in his super soil for aeration, and it, it works just fine. It's got plenty yeah. of uh, it's like a pumice in the fact that it can hold microbes and it provides aeration. And there's like micro um, spots in there. It's yeah, relatively it's heavy, porous, isn't it? Yeah. Too, yeah. So what I what I do in my living beds is I I fill the bottom like four inches or so, five inches with those hydrogen pellets, and then I build my soil over that. So both oh, of these nice. beds. Both of these beds have about four or five inches of hydrogen at the bottom. That's it smart. Just so you never have water clean, basically. It's like like filtering a bit, right? You basically have a sip bed in that style because if uh, there's any water that gets built up down there, they have access to it, you know? Yeah. So. Like, it holds like your water is not all full of dirt when it comes out the bottom, right? It's mostly caught in hydrogen. Like it doesn't get through. Yeah. No, the just the water. water doesn't even come out the bottom. Right? No. No, 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 not not no, this. Uh, unless something no, right. goes wrong. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like the reservoir for the excess or whatever. And it's yeah, aired I, out. So if I have good. a run if I have a runaway, most of it's for, for aeration and compaction. So that you know, as the soil it has a little a little sponge on it. Oh, I have yeah. to laugh because the chat was screaming hydroton, hydroton, hydroton. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't look <laughs> over, I actually remembered it, but they were all like like, thanks jack like finally like but it, it was funny i should have always trust trying to phase it out myself there just because uh, it, it doesn't like it doesn't give right the roots i put them in my my little net pots and they don't give so the roots are forced to kind of grow around them and i figure that's like a an impairment so i want to remove them i want to try to use collars and foam you know what i mean so um what about like a finer pumice like i use pumice and you can get it ground up depending on whatever size you want and it's as as it doesn't fall through the net pot holes right yeah i guess it would just depend on what size net pots you use but um i think foam would also work i, I see people use even just like the clone collars they use for um clone. yeah that's what i was thinking of using there just putting because i got i got to start a seed in a rapid router but I can put the collar on as soon as there's enough room there between the rapid router and the, the coddies, right? And if I put the lights real low, we'll potentially show climb a bit, right? Get a little taller and give me more room. I don't see why not. I mean, it's a, I'm always a advocate of at least like trying a test plant of it. So do your old method that you know is tried and true and then do yeah. at least one test plant with the new method and see if it works out for you. And if it does, then you can gradually transition over. Yeah, exactly. Because it works for clones, right? So why not? It's a lot That's cleaner. Yeah. With that being said, uh, it is the 5.55 hour out here. I just looked up that uh, angel number 5.55. Always good to see. Uh, I'll pass it first to our guest panelists and uh, go in the order that they showed up. First, Cheddar Bob, thank you for joining us and showing off the garden. Uh, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at Cheddar Bob 13. That's Cheddar Bob with two T's. Two T's uh, on Instagram, Cannabuzz. Um, uh, where else am I? I'm on YouTube. So, yeah, that's me. Thank you for uh, having me on, Jack. It's always a pleasure. Crack Babies, great to see you. Dog Doctor, Tao, uh, Matthew, I love you, man. You should. Those, uh, getting rid of those mealybugs, your garden's looking a lot better. So I'm, I'm yeah. happy that you guys oh. figured out a solution. But and before I jump out, um, Matthew has a Patreon that everyone should go join uh, because he gives us tons of free information. And his Patreon has even more information on, on pests and everything that goes with that. So costs less than, than your coffee. 
Um, so yeah, there we and go. One cup. It's like a, it's like a fifth of a cup out here in California, maybe a seventh, right? <laughs> right. I know, right? <laughs> just, just the, just the sugar you have to pay for. Exactly. I think you have yeah, to pay yeah. to walk in to some of these fancier ones, unless you look uh, real fancy. What are those? Uh, boo, uh, uh, very Bastiana. No, yeah, no, I, I can't think of a word. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. Boba. Thank you. Yeah. Boba. Bo- bo- next up we got the dog doctor thank you again for joining us and showing off the garden oh thank you guys for having me it's always a pleasure and an honor i feel really humble i'm dog doctor you can find me in instagram as dog doctor official and on the grow journals or grow diaries pardon as a dog doctor you can text me mail me anything i'll be at disposed for anything it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Matthew, the American one. All you guys. It's really a pleasure. Keep on grooving. Absolutely. And it was a pleasure having you. And next up, we got Crack Babies DWC. Hey, hey. so yeah, it's Crack Babies DWC on YouTube and on IG and Crack Babies at CFC or Coco for Cannabis. And a little shameless plug there. I'll be uh, fucking talking shit with Eagle this Friday. 11 30 so if you can come check it out that'd be really cool and uh yeah so uh grow our love everyone and thanks again for having me jack have a great night guys happy to have you and i'll definitely be there to check that out live and uh throw some love in the chat on uh bucket talk shit with eagle great dude tons of amazing interviews done over there and uh, lots of people in the cannabis community have come out and uh joined the online cannabis community because of him sort of like how this show was for a lot of people in the origin i'm happy that he's doing that for a lot of other people and we're continuing kind of the trend of doing it tonight but with that said getting back to the regular panelists who've been here for a while we've got uh the american one even though he was late bestie first jack uh my apologies for the tardiness to everyone and uh it was good to get here in time anyway and see Doug, doctor and cheddar bob and uh spartan before he left and uh matthew and you and I missed uh, Brandon and Kyle, but um, yeah, peace to everyone and uh, have a great week. I'm the American one on the YouTube and the American one underscore with underscore Keens on the IG. If you search the American one, the little guy with the American top hat is me. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I made it at least. I always have to have you. And uh, I was just busting your chops being late. Uh, Even if you just showed up for 15 minutes, it's always great to have you. And uh, it's just a pleasure to have an amazing panel that wants to be here and, and talk cannabis and share all this great information. So with that being said, I'm going to pass it last and certainly not least to Matthew Gates. Yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that. And I appreciate what Chitter Bob had said. Um, you know, for those who follow me, I will just add on that uh, uh, my Patreon is not there to uh, accrue like a, a ton of money or anything like this, but um, for $1 a month, if you're interested in pest information, uh, we have a wonderful community and it also is just getting a little bit difficult to get to all the wonderful messages that people have. So if you are interested in giving a response um, to something that is near and dear to your heart, uh, joining that Patreon and getting access to my Discord might actually be the best way to do it because otherwise I might, I might not actually get to your message. Um, lately, that's become more and more of a reality for me, which is, again, kind of surreal, but also I'm glad that this information is becoming uh, even more desirable to people because it's so important. You can find some of my content for free, uh, for that matter, at uh, xenthanol.com, as well as on my YouTube channel, Xenthanol, and on my Instagram, which is at syncangel, S-Y-N-C-H-A-N-G-E-L. And you can also check me out on the Future Canvas Project this Tuesday at 3 p.m. PST, 
where I will be going over a deep dive of rice fruit aphid uh, treatment and uh, physiology and just everything you need to know about rice fruit aphids to have a successful um, plan for uh, getting rid of them and preventing them for that matter. Well, thank you again for joining us. And I do encourage people to support Matthew on Patreon. Um, and I just want to let people know they can find me as you can see on my little logo right here at Jack Greenstock on Instagram. I'm Jack underscore Greenstock on Twitter. And you can email me Jack Greenstock 47 at gmail.com. If you want a copy of the book, 50 strains green at 50 strains.com. And I don't want to keep you too long. It is six o'clock. So go check out the Michigan bros grow show, support them. And if you want to leave a like on the show, if not leave us a dislike, I really don't care. Thank you all for coming. Happy to see everybody. It was great to have you all. I love this show. I love hanging out with the, the boys and uh, ladies when they show up and uh, really appreciate all the live chatters and uh, listeners, but also appreciate the podcast listeners out there. Um, they have a lot more um, recurring listening. Like it says, the people who listen on YouTube listen for about 30 minutes, the podcast listeners hour and 55 minutes. So they're like all the way through end to end. So uh, cheers to everybody though. We appreciate you whether you're here 30 minutes or the whole time. And with that said, Jack Green's talk, sending out growers love for everybody who made it and who didn't. We'll see you all next week. Peace out, everyone. everybody. Thank you.